So I just finished watching Brian Zane's recent classic pay-per-view review of Uncensored 2000, WCW Uncensored. And he brought up the fact that it was around this time that the disdain for Jeff Jarrett came into being. And look, honestly, I don't blame anybody for... Not, you know, not liking a certain wrestler, man or woman, if they're overexposed or put into positions that, quite honestly, fans and even those in the business truly believe they don't deserve to be in. So I can understand the disdain people have for Jeff Jarrett at this time and even, you know, resenting, it to, resenting him even today. Um, but here's the thing, though. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, all right? But... Back then, you know, in the 90s and the 2000s, and even in his run in TNA, I don't know what it was, but I always was drawn to Jeff. I was always drawn to him as a fan. There was just something about him that I guess I'm one of those rare people that found, you know, I guess the, I guess you could say appealing, you know, about about this guy. It's like, to me, it didn't matter what position you put him in, you know, heel, baby face, in between. There was just something about him that you had to respect. And to me, for years, Jeff, you know, basically whatever you gave him, he ran with and tried to make his own. Whether you gave him a country music gimmick during his early days of WWF, you know, whether you tried to make him a, you know, a no-nonsense, you know, NWA old-school traditionalist in that short-lived NWO invasion of WWF, or you tried to make him basically the next Stone Cold with the whole don't-piss-me-off uh, gimmick that he had, you know, he always, in my opinion, what, what won my respect for the guy was he always made it work. He always tried to make it work, no matter what the situation. You know, he always tried to make it work. And, you know, to me, when he got to WCW, you know, for his second run, not his first run, because his first run, he tried to, he tried to basically be the Jeff Jarrett of USWA, CWA, um, with a mixture of... It was a mixture, a bit of you know, the double J gimmick of WWF, but mostly more just you know regular Jeff Jarrett. You know, to me, you know, he did good. He won the U.S. Championship and everything. He was slightly aligned and a part of the Four Horsemen, so they tried. But I, I just felt, but basically, just felt like you know something was missing. And the moment he went back to WWF and tried to, you know, and he tried to, you know, be an NWA guy, you know, he tried to, you know, be, he tried to reinvent the whole Double J gimmick and then finally just, you know, like I said, went with a don't piss me off deal. I think the moment he, you know, went the don't, don't piss me off route is when he really, I think, uh, found his stride. He found his stride. And he was able to use that, despite how you might feel about the guy, to carry himself into WCW and be able to work with just about anybody he was put in. Oh, put against, I should say. Not, well, put in the ring with and put against is what I'm trying to get at. But, um, you know, he, he did what he had to do. He did what he had to do, despite how you might feel about him. Now, yes, was him being close friends with Vince Russo at the time, you know, much to his detriment, you know, when it came to overexposure, always being put in the main event scene and stuff like that? Absolutely. You know, 
was being friends with Russo and then having Russo tell him, "Hey, go be part of the NWO. That's going to get you. A, that's going to give you a run." Was that part of Was that part of the detriment? Absolutely. You know, was Russo doing the New Blood error and all that, pushing him to the moon, making him the face, or trying to make him the face of the New Blood and one of the main event faces of WCW, even towards the, towards the very end. You know, was that to his detriment? Absolutely. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. But, again, I think, I think Jeff basically worked with what he had. And... In a way, I think what was going on here with Jarrett and Russo was Russo always looked at Jarrett as somebody that had he been given an opportunity in WWF to work with Stone Cold, you know, if Stone Cold would have you know, like put all those past grudges aside, that this is a guy that could have been, even if it was for a brief period, could have been WWF champion. I mean, we're not talking, you know, a reign, you know, that goes on for months, like let's say Stone Colds or The Rocks or Triple H's or whatever, but a guy that could have a run with the championship at least mostly maybe for a month, at least from one pay-per-view to the next. And then, you know, if he has to drop it, that he has to drop it back to whoever he wanted from, like Stone Cold or Rock or whoever, then that's fine. Go ahead ahead and do that but at least you know it would but at least you would have given him a chance like you would have given him a try to say yeah this guy you know at least had an opportunity to be champion and I think that's why Russo you know despite how you might feel about that guy decided to push you know Jeff especially in 2000 to that epichelon main event scene of WCW because he wanted to prove on multiple occasions that he can be champion he can be main event material I also think the fact that the you know the reason Vince do, Vince Russo did that too is you got to remember uh, WCW was a more southern based operation and most of the fan base came from the South. And I say that with all due respect, no offense. So by basing it, by, well, not basing it, but by, you know, basing the push, I should say, of Jared, you know, according to that, was probably reason enough for Russo to say, yeah, I think this crowd will be more accepting of him as champion, heel or face, than maybe the overall WWF crowd, even for a month. And I think... And I think and believe, in my honest opinion, that's why Jarrett was given four reigns as champion. Because they wanted to prove, you know, Russo wanted to prove not only was the guy main event material, but he could be main event material in the eyes of certain individuals, in uh, a certain audience. You know, when it came, you know, depending on, you know, like who you were trying to appeal to and everything. And to me, that's why Jeff got the multiple opportunities that he got. Now, when he went to TNA, you know, and him being put into the main event scene right off the bat, was that a little bit of an ego trip right there for him? Probably. Probably. But you've got to remember, his father, who, God rest his soul, just recently passed, Jerry Jarrett, you know, was one of the guys behind the scenes of NWA TNA, or the early days of TNA. And by being, you know, uh, his, by, by, and by Jeff, I should say, being his son... You know, he wanted to basically, you know, push his son to the moon. And the only way he knew how to do that was to eventually get the belt around him. And depending on the partners they had behind the scenes, you know, eventually leading to, you know, partnerships with the Carters and Panda Energy, you know, they all agreed, yeah, Jeff needs to be champion 
But how do we get to that point? How do we get to that point? How do we make it happen depending on his role, whether as a face or a heel? And they did everything they could. They did everything they could with him as a heel and as a face when it came to the NWA championship. The other reason I think, you know, Jerry Jarrett and everybody behind the scenes at NWA, TNA, mostly TNA, and the NWA kind of agreed to put the belt on Jeff on multiple occasions is because they knew that despite how you feel about the guy, he was a reliable worker. Like, it didn't matter, you know, where... You know, you would have an NWA title match at, he would be there. He would go and defend that title, just like all NWA champions before and after him um, have done, you know, or had done at that time. You know, you would go to different areas and defend your championship against all the top contenders. And that's what Jeff did. You know, that's what he did. You know, and. You know, I think that's why they always put the belt on him because there were some people they would put the belt on. Yes, they would go and, and compete, you know, in the various indie promotions, NWA-associated indie promotions, and defend the belt. I should know. One of the people that did that was Raven, and I got to meet Raven because of that. You know, I got to meet him, stand, you know, right, you know, stand, cl- you know, stand close to the NWA championship itself. So... You know, I understand it better than anybody. I understand it better than anybody. So I think that's why Jeff was always being given multiple opportunities. And as a result, he was always rewarded with being put into certain top-tier storylines in TNA Impact Wrestling, despite the fact that, you know, he had already had his opportunity. His time had passed. I think that was all a result of his, you know, dependency that he always had, that basically he showed... Hey, I'm always going to be there if you need me to be there. I'm going to be loyal to you um, to the end if you're loyal to me. And to me, and as a result, I think that's why he got these, like I said, these multiple um, opportunities and top-tier level stories. You know, you know, even after his run, you know, after the championship, you know, was pretty much concluded. I mean, this is why you always had him in a match with, in these uh, matches with Kurt Angle. This is why you always had him, you know, in matches with uh, with Sting or you had him in matches with, with, uh, with uh, who is it, who else, AJ Styles, you know. You would have him in these matches. You would have him in these matches and all that, these top-tier storylines, because he was very reliable. You know, he was always very reliable in the past. So they figured, well, if we need somebody, even for a short period, to help, you know, uh, help out in this area to kind of boost, you know, the appeal maybe, you know, what better what better person to rely on than Jeff? Because they knew that if once they called upon him, you know, he was going to probably mostly say yes, maybe sometimes no, but mostly yes, because, hey, he loves the business, and, you know, he owes a lot, and Impact owes a lot to him, and he owes a lot to them. So it was kind of like a mutual agreement to give him these opportunities. I mean, even when they did the GWF Impact Invasion storyline, for as short as that was, you know, they didn't have to do that partnership. They didn't have to briefly turn TNA into GWF and TNA Impact into GWF Impact. They didn't have to do that, but they did it out of loyalty to Jeff. 
out of you know out of loyalty to Jeff and as a thank you to Jeff for always being there to help out the company when he didn't necessarily have to do so after his you know initial run as on, on top as champion and doing all these other things was finished he didn't have to do that but yet he still did it as a way of giving back you know to that company for giving not just him you know uh, an opportunity, even as the founder, to finally you know, at least have you know a reign that he felt was more appropriate, more accepted because of the audience and everything, but also giving people that could relate to him, you know, the unknowns, an opportunity to show who they were to a worldwide audience, and you know, so to me, that's why I've always had that bit of respect for Jeff, if you will. That's why I've always. I, in a way, kind of been a fan of uh, of Jared's in, in a way, because I, I look at that and I have to respect all of everything that I've just mentioned. I have to respect everything that I've just mentioned. Now, again, I can understand why people feel that he's been overplayed, uh, overplayed to uh, nauseousness, if you will. He's been overplayed to nauseousness, if you will, when it comes to certain things. I mean, even in the past year. You know, him being, you know, overplayed in WWF, you know, not WWF, but WWE, you know, his, you know, Hall of Fame induction in the past couple of years, you know, his appearance in the Royal Rumble and stuff, you know, his, you know, his match on Monday Night Raw about a week later and and things like that, or even his inclusion um, as the special referee at SummerSlam and then 24 hours later being involved in Ric Flair's last match, you know, to to quote on that, to paraphrase, asterisk on that, you know, his involvement in the main event of that. And now you have him in AEW in a stable with, you know, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh and them possibly being part of the Ring of Honor, uh, you know, the, the Ring of Honor promotion uh, that Tony's going to be running on a weekly basis in a couple of weeks. You know, yeah, I get, you know, you know, I get that some people feel he's been overexposed too much. But I think, I think Brian Zane said it best. The reason people are more appreciative of him now is, one, you don't see him as much except when he's scheduled to be there. Like, he is going to be there, there's no doubt. But you're not going to see him as much on screen unless, you know, him and Dutt and Lethal and, and all of them are scheduled to be there. You know, and that's about it. You know, that's about it. So, to me, in the end, in the end, I have to say this. And again, I know, and, here, and look, I know it's going to give me a lot of flack, this audio video podcast. But in the end, everything that I've mentioned is the reason I'm one of those people that respect what Jeff has done. Yes, it, yes, I will agree. Was he, was he the best attract, was he the... You know, best attraction to sell tickets. Would I agree he was the best attraction to sell tickets? No, he wasn't. I do agree. I do agree with people like the Schleg Daddy, Jeff Siegel, that he hit a lot of people with guitars but never drew a dime. Now, that's exaggeration. He did draw money, there's no doubt, but not at the level that, you know, he was being hyped up at. I will agree with that. I will agree that if they didn't hype him up to be at this epicelon level all the time, I mean everything, that people wouldn't be looking at him, you know, from, you know, those within the business and fans wouldn't be looking at him and saying that. 
You know, you know, if that wasn't, you know, if that had not been the case, you know, where he was forced down people's throats, you know, for the time being, much to his detriment, and I think he would agree with that, that people wouldn't be saying these kind of things. They wouldn't be drawing these, you know, you know, comparis, you know, comparisons to not drawing money when needed. So, so to me, you know, the so to me, I understand how people feel about that. I really do. And I will agree that he wasn't the best attraction when it came to selling tickets. He wasn't. But outside of that, you do have to respect what this man has done. You have to respect that he has done everything in the business he need he would he needed to do. You know, and even with even to his detriment and everything, to where he would get people criticizing him for years up to the day, you know. You know, he did what he had to. He did what was, he, he worked with what was given to him. And, you know, the rest is history. Now, again, I, I truly believe Jeff Jarrett would agree that if he wasn't pushed as hard, if Russo wouldn't have pushed him as hard to prove a point to WWF that, hey, this guy, even for a month or two, could have been champion and he could have drawn, or at least he would have gotten people talking. If it wasn't to his detriment, if it wasn't for Russo doing that to Jeff's detriment, again, I don't think people would be too critical about him. That's my honest opinion. But to me, there was always something about him that you have to respect. You have to respect as a human being and as a professional wrestler. There's always that something. And that's why I think I was always drawn to the guy. I don't know what it is. I was always drawn to the guy, you know, as a fan and as a human being. I think there's just something about him that you cannot, that you cannot, you know, be negative about. Because where there is negativity, there is also positivity. And I think that along with any of the negativity people have about Jeff, there's also some positives they have about him as well. And not sarcastically either. But in closing, again, I know I might get some flack for this, but I'm probably one of those rare people that actually respect what Jeff Jarrett has done in this business. And, you know, you know what he's done in this business, what he's done as a human being. And that's all I can really say. Again, you know, some of the things, you know, are to his detriment, but sometimes it was out of his, out of his control, if you will. Is out of his control because I guarantee he's gonna. He looks back now and thinks, "Man, I appreciate being you know put into the main event scene on multiple occasions. Being you know, I appreciate becoming world champion on multiple occasions. But you know, I you know I'm 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 pretty sure Jeff's probably looking back and thinking, "Man, if they would have just let me have maybe just three, maybe a three time reign with the the champ, a two time reign with the WCW title, maybe even just a three time reign with the NWA title, that would have been enough." But you know, you know Vince Russo being a friend of his at that time, and loyal to I guess you know Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett by extension, wanted to prove that Jeff could be a main event world champion. And yes, at first it was a good. Yes, I will admit it was nice to see him finally get that moment in both companies. But at the end of the day, had they only given him maybe just a few reigns with the championship, like like I said, you know, three reigns, two, three reigns with the WCW title, and maybe two or three reigns with the NWA title, I don't think we'd be, you know, 
I don't think people would be so negative about him and saying that, you know, you know, saying the things that they did, which thankfully, as Brian Zane has pointed out, has kind of has kind of died off. It's kind of died off now. So, you know, we could, you know, we can honestly say, you know, things have, you know, definitely kind of changed more for the better. I mean, there are still there are still some people. Like Jeff Siegel, the snake daddy, that will feel the way they do, and that's fine. But looking back, I don't, looking back at this, I think if you look more at the positives than the negatives, you'll see that, you know, Jeff Jarrett did a lot for the business. He did a lot as a human being, and you can't say any more about, about any more than that about this guy. So despite how you might still feel about him, you got to deep down respect what he's done, you know, as a, as a competitor, you know, as a human being, and you have to kind of agree that maybe, you know, it wasn't always his fault when he was put into certain situations that maybe he wasn't meant to be, you know, be put in at that time. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Comment below, live chat during the premiere, like the video. You will get an audio podcast version of this at BW Roses Discussions Podcast and all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. Also, you will find me at my Teespring store as well, where you can get merchandise there where you can't, that you can't get anywhere else. Also, ladies and gentlemen, also, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at divanart.com slash bvw1979, at patreon.com slash bwroses, a $1, $3 tier. Also, support me at Vimo at bwroses, content you can't get anywhere else here on YouTube. Also, support me at Venmo at brian-roma-2 and cash up at bwroses. 98. But guys, give me your thoughts overall. How do you um, feel about what I said? Do you agree? Do you disagree? It's up to you. I'm just giving you my opinion as a wrestling fan overall. Uh, But yeah, give me your thoughts. And until next time, I am out.